That's what we want to live in right there. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's kind of funny. I joke with my wife when we're coming in. I said, you sing long and I'll preach short. Didn't know that was really going to happen. I was prophetic. Praise God. <laughs> well, but I got to share something, so. Otherwise, we wouldn't earn my keep tonight. So get your Bibles out. I actually have a real like long message, but I won't do it to you. Go to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 14.27. Proverbs 14.27 says, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. This is it on the inside of this? It's not talking about being scared of God. It's talking about honoring and reverence and everything we've been talking about this year about honoring the word. But it says that the fear of Lord actually, the fear of the Lord becomes a fountain in our life. Just a fountain. Just comes out, just brings, it just, it just, it's a fountain of life. Can you imagine having a fountain of life? Okay? They never, you know, not a chocolate fountain. Right? Those are pretty good. But I'm talking about a fountain of life. Just keeps boiling over. It's just life. It's never death. It's never heartache. It's never sorrow. It's always life. You're just going from life to life. Just life. Zoe kind of life. The life that's the life of God that like birthed this whole world in you all the time. And it's not talking there about the word fear. It's not talking about like you're scared of him. The word fear, if there's any, if there's any like what we know the word fear is, it's the fear of missing him, right? The fear of being in the wrong place. The fear of, of, of you know, you, you didn't get in his presence. The fear of not being with him. The fear of, of, of that everything you're doing in life, you want to stay so on track, you don't want to miss it, right? I mean, I, can, I, I, I know in my own life, and I was discussing this this morning with my wife, that, you know, my my. My concern, my fear in life, if you want to say, would be I don't want to miss it. I don't want to get to heaven and see the DVD of my life played and I missed it. Right? Well, he says if you live like that, that then it becomes a fountain of life to you. Because he's going to make sure everything starts working out. You keep him in that, you keep in that position, then God's going to keep making it sure that everything keeps working out for you for life, for life, for life. Now, let me show you another scripture, still in Proverbs 14, verse 12. It says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is the way of death. Now, let me show you something else. Go to Proverbs 16, 25. This is exactly the same thing. There's a way that seems right to a man, the end is the way of death. Now, go to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, verse 15. Romans 6, 15 says, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know to whom you present yourself slaves to obey? You are that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though we were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. 
And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Everybody say, I'm a slave of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanliness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were freed in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things in which you now are ashamed? For the end of those things is death. He's using the same principle there in, in Proverbs 16 and 14. that There's a way that a man seems that he's doing right, but the end is the way of death. And, he, and, and Paul says here to the church at Rome, he says, hey, you used to live in sin, which led to death, and so don't do it because the fruit of holiness is this, you have the fruit to holiness and to the end everlasting life. So what do you want to choose, the fruit to holiness or the fruit to death, right? And then the last verse is, and the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Okay, so I'm going to skip y'all past this pretty quick. Uh, go to John 8. John 8, start in verse 1. Now Jesus went up to the Mount of Olives, and it was early in the morning, and he came again to the temple, and the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought him a woman caught in adultery. And when they set her in the midst, they said unto him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that, that such should be stoned. What do you say? And they said, testing him, that they might have something on which uh, to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down, he wrote on the ground his finger, as though he did not hear so when they continued asking him, he, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw the first stone. And again he stooped down, he wrote on the ground. And those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning from the oldest even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. And Jesus raised himself up, he saw no one but the woman. She said to her, Woman, where are your accusers? And she, has no one condemned you? And she said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you, and go and sin no more. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me should not walk in darkness, but have, light, have everlasting light, or have, have the light of life. Okay. So let's put ourselves in the, in the Pharisees' shoes. Okay? So the Pharisees go in there, and they're looking at Jesus, and they're concerned and are fearful that he's going to take away everything that they know. Besides, he's preaching in such a way that everything that they've learned and everything they've done and everything they studied and everything, they see it all happening, it's all going away. And so they're fearful. So they say, we're going to get Jesus. We're going to catch him in something. So let's catch him in the letter of the law. So how they found this woman, I don't know. But they got, found this woman. It says they caught her in the very act of adultery. All right? Now let me ask you this. Was the woman guilty? I mean, I don't know. I'm, not, I'm just going to assume that she was because they, they did say they caught her in the act and they weren't lying about it. So she was caught in the midst of adultery. She was guilty under Jewish law, right? Okay, so the Pharisees then take this. They scheme this way. We're going to take this one. We're going to take her over to Jesus. Jesus is going to say, no, you can't do it. Then they're going to say, we got you caught in the letter of the law. You're not of God because you broke the law, right? This is all what their plan, their scheme was in their head. They're scheming all this in their head using righteousness. But we all know it wasn't right. So the way that seemed right to the man was really leading to death. 
And see, that's why I love Jesus. He's so cool. Man, he is so cool. There they are. They're about to get him. It looks like he's caught. And he's just doodling in the dirt. You know? I heard a preacher one time preach this. I don't have any idea. You know, he said he wrote down like most Motel 6, room 14, which was, you know, something that they had been in or something. You know, that's what his take on it was, is that's what Jesus wrote in the dirt. But no matter what, he was just doodling in the dirt. He was not even... I mean, maybe he was praying. Maybe he was in there saying, oh, God, how am I going to get out of this? Or what are we going to do? You know, but whatever it was, he was cool about it. And that's what I love about Jesus. He didn't get all upset and whatever, saying, you dogs, you sinners, you sorry. No, no, he did not call fire down from heaven upon you. He just doodled in the dirt. And this, okay, stoner. But he who was without sin, let, you, you throw the first one, and then we'll all follow in. And everybody was convicted. They're like, oh. They've all missed the mark. And their own conscience got them. But the point I'm trying to make here is that what they thought they were doing that was good wasn't. The way that seems right unto a man, but the end it leads to death. Okay, let's look on down. Let's go to John 8.33. I'm going to read a little bit here, so hold on. John 8.33, they answered him, are we Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone? How can you say that we will be made free? And Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Now he's, he's back over here talking like Paul was talking in Romans 6, talking about becoming a slave of sin. So many times, listen to me, church. So many times we want to put ourselves in, we, we, we think about slaves of sin and immediately the things that come up are outside fleshly things. Oh, he smokes, he drinks, he cusses, he dances, he does this. You know, we try, we try to bring this world, and the, the, the church world's done that for so long that everybody's gotten turned off because they've tried to make that the sin. But even Jesus told them, said, man, why are you worrying about washing up the outside of the tomb and making it look pretty when inside it's full of dead men's bones? The sin that he's talking about here is the sin that, that on the inside that was of greed, of power, of pride. Right? And he said, don't make yourself a slave to that. Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sins, a slave is sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Slaves aren't going to stay around forever, he says. Son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants. You are genetically from Abraham. Right? That's what he's saying. I know you're you're Jewish, and you're, you, you have a lineage, and you can go trace your history back to Abraham. Understand that. He said, you're, you're genetically descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. It's always, that's what I thought. Didn't anybody think the day that they were crucifying Jesus and the Pharisees are running through the crowd, say, say, say kill him and, and release Barabbas, kill him, that somebody should have said, something ain't right here. This is, some, some, don't, some don't feel right here. This is just, the religious people are wanting us to kill that guy. I mean, something just doesn't seem right. But, you know. And they answered him plainly and said, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said, if you were of Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who's told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. In other words, Abraham wasn't a killer. So let's think about Abraham for a minute. Abraham was a man who heard God speak to him and left everything that he knew 
to follow that voice, right? Abraham was a man that, that looked over Sodom and Gomorrah and interceded for the city. He cared about the people that were in it. We see Abraham was a man that would teach his children the ways of God. We see that Abraham was overly fair with Lot. We see that everything that Abraham did had a godly nature to it. So Jesus says, yeah, wait a minute here. You say you're of Abraham, and genetically you are, but you've not been listening to God like Abraham listened to God. You've not, you've not, you know, you're not in the, in the same spiritual realm as Abraham was. You say you're your father Abraham, and yes, you are genetically, but you're not spiritually. Abraham would never seek to kill me. And they said, well, we, they said to him, we're not born in fornication. We have a, one father, God. So now they're skipping Abraham. They're flipping up to God, flipping it all over there and saying our lineage goes all the way there. If God, and Jesus said to them, if God was your father, you would love me, for I proceed forth and came from God. And have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my words. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. Now, that's a pretty big shot. They're sitting there saying, we are the father. God is our father. And Jesus says, it's the little g God. That's just your father, the devil. And they're saying, no, we're religious, we're righteous. But what, there's, what, what happened to them, what happened to the Pharisees was that they got in this whole earthly lineage. And they began to think, even though they knew Abraham was their genetic father, lineage-wise, they got to listening to just earthly fathers and never heavenly fathers. Now, don't get me wrong here. Earthly fathers have wisdom they can speak into their children. But what I'm saying is they began to listen to the God of this earth. He did you wrong? Well, you better go get back. You know, it says an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. You see, they begin to take in, they begin to turn everything and twist everything until the, the God of this world was speaking to them, and that's the voice they were hearing. Not the voice of God Almighty, full of wisdom. Therefore, they thought they were doing right, but in doing right, it led them to death. So let's just put this in something that maybe we can relate to. I know I can. Uh, situation arises, something comes up. Somebody wrongs me. Then on the inside of me, first voice that I hear says, you need to tell them. How the cow ate the cabbage. My old father, the devil. Godly voice over here says, uh, what, are, what would I do? They nail me to a cross. They spit on me. They beat me. And they nail me to a cross. And I said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. All of us, listen, none of us are immune from hearing the voice of the devil. Now, get out of your mind, you know, he's Beelzebub with a, you know, hoof, feet, and a pitchfork, and a little fork tail, and all that. Get that out of your mind. I'm talking about the way of the world that's going to lead you to death. The way of the world that would lead you into, you know, what Jesus is calling sin, not this outward thing, not this deal, what's on the inside. Folks, listen to me. I'm going to say this and go right out over the, the world, because I believe this is all in my heart. It would be better. It would be better for you to have a pure heart and smoke cigarettes than it would be to have 
evil in your heart, unforgiveness in your heart, jealousy in your heart, bitterness in your heart, and not smoke. Now, you may get lung cancer and die, but I mean, (laughs) that's a whole other story. Y'all with me? I mean, that sounds shocking to come from, you know, the, the pulpit, but I'm just telling you, it's not that. It's not that cigarette that's going to really kill you. You hear me? Everybody listen to me. I'm not talking about, you know, your temple and your, you know, could cause cancer. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about it's not that object. It's what's inside the heart that gets you into bondage and gets you hung up and gets you as a slave of sin listening to that continual voice. That's what puts you into that place of bondage. And, and Jesus said, look, you guys have gone so far. You're standing here saying you're of God, but you want to kill me. It's really what you want to do. You want to kill me, and you can't even see. You're so blinded, you cannot even see that that's wrong. That's like the other day. I mean, when I heard the deal about New York and the abortion and and, and all that, I was so sick, and I was just like, man, Lord, I don't know what we could do. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know anything else, but I mean, you just go up there and, you know, I guess you just have to just kill those people. And I said, well, what am I saying? I'm as bad as they are. I'm out there killing adults, you know I mean? Dear Lord in heaven, what am I thinking here? So I just said to shut up and said, Lord, I know I am not thinking of this right. This is something that's pricked my heart, and I'm angry about it, and so I'm not thinking wisdom here. I want godly wisdom. You tell me what to do, because godly wisdom is what's going to prevail, because my earthly wisdom is not of God, right? So what causes us to walk listening to that voice of God? The fear of the Lord. All the way back to Proverbs 14. It's the fear of the Lord that's a fountain of life to us. To stop at everything we're doing and saying, Lord, am I hearing you? Am I, am I hearing your voice in this? Because I know there's whispers. Could be from the enemy. Lord, am I hearing from you? Because I want to do what's right. And Jesus said, if you know the truth, then the truth will set you free. So we know the truth is his word and what he spoke to us in the word. And so we've got to base everything off of that. But still, he's like, don't, these guys got so deceived. I mean, Listen, think of this. This woman caught in adultery. They were going to stone her. They're going to throw rocks at her, hit her in the head till the woman died. I'm not sure, but I'm sure a stoning is not a very pleasant sight. It's not like you shot them or hung them and it's over. You're going to continue to hit them. They're going to continue to move around. Right? And unless you had like, 500 people and everybody had a big rock and everybody threw it at the same time. They just covered them up. I don't think it happened like that. And it depends on who's throwing the rock. Right? And those people are sitting there saying, okay, dragging this woman out. I don't know what her state of mind was, but it couldn't have been good. Weeping and crying, I want to say. Drug her up there to Jesus. And everybody's standing there, the rock in their hand, ready to kill her. And they're thinking they're of God. That's how far off they got. That's how far off they got. And I don't know about y'all, but I want the fear of God in my life. I want to keep the fear of God in my life so hot. I want it to be a fountain of life. Because I just don't want to get off. Because I know if I get off, I want to become a slave of whatever I got off to. 
And if it's jealousy or anger or bitterness or wrath or, or whatever it be over there, if I get hung in that, then I'm going to be a slave of that. And it's going to be my, I'm going to, I'm going to be his subject and he's going to be my master instead of the Lord being my master. So Paul said it to us this way, look, can I just tell you all this? It's so simple. We always make the gospel so complicated. If you go back and you read Romans 6, he said, look, you used to be a slave of unrighteousness, right? So we all know how to do that. So he says, what you do is you just flip it over in reverse. (laughs) You just flip it over and just do what's right all the time. And then it's going to, the fountain of life is going to start to flow in you. It's just all you got to do. Just flip it over. That's how you used to live. Remember how you used to get, I mean, just think about this. This has probably never happened to any of y'all. Okay. So you can only imagine. But if you ever got angry at someone and, and then you rehearsed it and went over it and you know, this happens to people. I know it doesn't happen to y'all, but I'm just saying. It happens in this world. And you rehearse it and you go over it. He's saying, okay, that's what I want you to do in reverse. So what would you do in reverse? You'd pray for them. You'd bless them. You'd speak good. You would, you would do exactly the opposite. So if, you, if, you don't, if, you, if you're trying to learn to walk like Jesus is talking about, what you have to do is take note. Okay, now what would I want to do? unrighteously. And then just think of what's the opposite of that, and you're going to be headed on the right path. (laughs) It's opposite day, right? I'm never going to speak to them again. Well, I guess I better call them. Right? they, They said that, and I'm going to tell them this. Now, I'm going to ask, I'm going to bless them. I'm going to send them some money. You say, well, that's just crazy. The life of the gospel, and it's called a fountain of life. It's like I said Sunday, if you live in love and you, you can never get offended because you have got it so turned around that all you're trying to do is outbless the other person, they give you $10, you give them 20 they give you, you give them 30 they give you 40 you give you 50 60 I'll give you my house, I'll give you the ranch. I'll buy a small island. You're not going to outgive me. You see what I mean? If, you, if we live like that in love, that we were just trying to outlove the other person, you could never even get offended. You could never even get angry. But the world didn't live like that. But we Christians can. Amen? So think about it as a fountain of life. So the next time you're challenged, just stop right there and say, okay, it's opposite day. Today is opposite day. It's opposite day. We're doing the opposite of what I'm thinking. I don't really know what to do, but I'm just going to do the opposite because it's got to be better than what I was going to do. And then you know what? You're going to start to see the fountain of life moving. Amen? So look at the person and say, it's opposite day. Amen? Praise God. Well, Bill, help me take up the offering. How did this week's Bible reading go so far? We're in the middle of the week. How was it? Anybody got a great revelation? All so many? Hallelujah. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast. 
which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Links in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you. And remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.